Hey, all you listeners, it's Maylee Thomas. It's time for another Texas Homegrown Music Show. And boy, do I have a good one for you today. I am so excited because this is a woman that I have been so admiring for so many years. I first saw her probably, oh my goodness, 15 years ago in Austin, Texas. Her name is Carolyn Wonderland, and she has got it going on. She's got the recognition across the world that she deserves for all the great talent that she has. This woman is not only a phenomenal singer-songwriter, but she's also a prolific musician, just a wonderful human being, and I am so thrilled that she's doing my little radio show and podcast, so I'm excited to get to it. Let me tell you, anybody that can tour with John Mayall and take the place of people like Eric Clapton, you know they've got it going on. So that's who we're talking about, Carolyn Wonderland, the blues queen, rock. She does it all, and I mean... I, I I am just so impressed with the fact that she still plays as much as she does, tours like she does, and has energy on stage as if she was a young kid, and it's just wonderful. So I'm not going to take too much time. I want to do a song off my latest record. It's actually the title track called Don't Give Up, and I hope you're not going to give up on any of those things that you want to do in this world. I, I just believe everybody needs to just get out there and go for it, and, and don't let the world tell you or anybody tell you you can't do something that you feel like you have been called to do don't give up get out there and do it we'll be right back with carolyn wonderland after this song of my latest record i know it's been a long while since i made you smile it's been years of too many tears since we first walked down that aisle Babe, it's hard to imagine That I'd ever let you down I should have stayed home Holding on Instead of out there running around But don't give up
second chance Take my hand and let's dance like lovers dance Look into my eyes and tell me You don't remember that sweet romance Tell me don't you remember that sweet day in September Oh baby, baby, please remember We're back on Texas Homegrown Music with my guest today is Carolyn Wonderland. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Well, howdy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I, I've been a fan of yours, girl, for decades. And I would, in fact, I just talked to one of my friends a little while ago to ask him where it was that I saw you the first time. And it was at Threadgill's um, on the outdoor stage. And I was sitting there watching you going, okay. Uh, it, I guess a little bit of Janice got reincarnated, but girl, you play the guitar like any, like the best of the best. And that's what blew me away the most was not only were you this prolific singer and entertainer, but the way you play the guitar and the slide and your slide is just incredible. I, I mean, what in the world, girl, how did you find that in your, in yourself? I mean, you just, you just got, you have a gift. Oh, you're very kind with that. I, I don't know. There's always been guitars around. It's, I guess I got lucky with that. It's the the one thing that kept my interest. <laughs> so when did you like? I I mean I know you've been doing this for a long time, but when you were when you were a young child, is it something that you always wanted to do? Is it something that you just knew you were going to do, or did you somebody inspire oh, yeah. you? Well, my mom played, so it's like you know always having guitars around the house, and you know it was it's just it was the thing to do it was it was it come home straight from school, go straight to the guitar <laughs> well, um, you know, I grew up in a family of a vaudeville people, and so I, I it was really funny because my grandfather played a ton of different instruments and most of the time he said it was because he had to, because there was nobody else that would, you know, wanted to take it on. But, um, what I, what I love the most about, um, his stories and about what happened when they were, when they were touring and traveling like that was that he said a lot of times his practice was just on the fly, you know, on the show. And he surprised himself many times. Have you ever had that where you did, you know, you just worked something up while you were playing? Cause you seem like you are one of those people just lay it all out there right on the stage. 
Well, yeah, most of the time that's what that's what you're going for. You just close your eyes and jump in. So, so yeah, you just, you know you never know. It keeps it it keeps it different. <laughs> I think the first time I saw you, girl, uh, you actually had a keyboard player that you. I don't even think you had a bass player playing that night. I think you had a keyboard player that was kicking bass. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, that would be Cole El Sala. I believe he's gone by uh, Coleman Berg these days. But yeah, he played with me for a, a good long while. Yep. And I'd had a, you know, I had a, I mean, you know, shoot, in the, in the course of playing music, yeah, I've had a, all kinds of different configurations, you know, but whether whether or not it's a stringed bass or a horn bass or a keyboard bass, there's always something holding that down. Yeah, well, that's what I remember, and it was just it was really nice, and um, and and obviously, what I, the other thing that I remember the most, girl, is just the pipes that you have on you, and and I know that um, you know that blues is probably you would you say that that's really your genre the most, even though you 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 know you're a rock player, you're. Um, I and I and I, I've heard you play all different styles of music. I hate when people pigeonhole hold you in, but I I do notice that most of the time in the blues category, they're always shining accolades to you. Would you say that that's pretty much your main genre? I don't know. I don't know that I have one really. I just play, and then people call it whatever they call it. <laughs> Yeah, you're an entertainer. That's the bottom line. You're an entertainer. I I think I read somewhere early on that you played the role of Janice in in uh in a TV special or something. No, no, that's not me. No, okay. I I thought I read no, something no. about that. Well, are are you a fan? Of course. Uh, I I got to play at the at the Rock Hall thing. Maybe that maybe that's, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, so so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has these uh, class. Well, these uh, what would you call it? It's like they'll honor a musician, and uh, and there'll be a series of workshops and shows. And and uh, that year, I think I was two thousand nine. Went up there, and it was amazing. Like the the people they had playing, you know, myself and Tedeschi and Nona Hendrix and Lucinda Williams was there. She wrote a song for the occasion, and and you know, Sleep at the Wheel, Guy Clark, and Rocky Erickson, and all kinds of really amazing people. But you know. Over the course of that show, the the one thing that kind of stuck me a little bit was oh, and Betty Lavette, whoo, she was amazing. But uh, the thing that stuck in my craw was they didn't do any of the songs that she wrote. So that next night, uh, happened to be at Levon Helms, and and I pulled out What Good Can Drink and Do, and so that's so yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Janice, but it's a it's a thing. If you do one of her songs, you got to do something different with it because you'll never oh absolutely you'll never touch that garment. Never touch the hem of that garment. Yeah, no, no, that's that. I, I I agree with you. People all the time when they come out and you ask them, you know, or, or somebody requests a song, they'll send something up there and say, "Do some Janice." And I'm like, I over the microphone. I said, "Listen, I I have no problem singing a song that Janice sang, but there's no way I'm even going to try to sing it like Janice sang it because <laughs> I wouldn't even put myself in that same category." But I'll tell you what. You definitely got the pipes, girl. You could, I, I, you've got your own style, so you make it your own anyway. But I love the way you entertain, and I love the way you capture your audience. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And I've been a fan for, like I said, many, many decades. And I'm so glad that I finally got you to get on the show. I think I came and talked to you backstage at the Kessler one night. 
um, when my friend Sean uh, Ferris was there. And um, uh, do you remember Sean, B three player? I don't, I don't know if that rings a bell or not, but yeah, yeah, and and I love the Kessler man. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, they've players. done a really good job, and uh, Edwin's done a great job. Of course, now as you know, he's he bought the long old Longhorn Saloon, and he's made that into yeah. another venue that uh, is great. I was just out there uh, recently, and he's he's doing such a great job to bring more artists to to bigger spaces in Dallas, and I hope we can have you back there. But I, I talked to. Shelly about you guys coming oh, yeah. to our venue um, at the Guitar Sanctuary and, and doing your show that um, I, that I know you guys do so well and um, and so I look forward to, to maybe trying to make that happen but speaking of shows so you've been on tour I mean obviously everybody recognizes what a great guitar player you are but man when you can go on tour with John Mayall and take the place of people like Eric Clapton how must that make you feel to know that you've been revered in such a way, Carolyn, that, that he would want to bring you on and have you do that tour with him? What was that like? Well, well, getting to play with John is like, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's like a music school you don't want to graduate from because it's just too perfect. I, I love him and everybody who's in that band loves him. You know, and, you know, I mean, getting to play with him was an incredible joy. And when I joined the band, he was... You know, since I played the last five years with him before he retired last year. And, uh, I mean, he would do like 50 shows in 60 days in 19 countries. And just his joy, he would, you know, his joy of being able to do that. Like, I I can't play that much if I'm, my voice does not hold out for that many days in a row. But John just would wake up in the morning and that voice would pour out of him. He's an amazing, amazing man. Well, and so for those of you out there that don't realize this, John Mayall is the same age as Willie. Um, he'll be 90 yep. in November. So we're talking about in the late 80s, he was doing those kind of shows. Oh, yeah, and still improvising every night. The thing that made me so happy about being in John's band as well is that everything was, was meant to be improvised. Everything was meant to be different every night. We did not play the same set list. You know, you didn't know what you were going to do. When I joined his band, it was like 80 songs. I chartered them all and just kept them in a loose leaf book so I could pull them out with whatever he did that night, you know, and I'm, I'm glad I did it. I sure miss getting to play with him though. I miss getting to jump in the back of that bus. Well, are you going to see him on this European tour at all? Do you think you're, are you, will you be anywhere close to him? He he doesn't live in Europe. He lives in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, he's going to be in LA. So, That's right. That's I, I read that. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. He's been living there since, uh, yeah, since the Laurel Canyon days. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Well, what a beautiful thing, honey, for you to have that um, to look back on and to share in uh, the experience of being able to ha have been a part of him and his life and, of course, his music for all of those years. And it's just, I, I, I said to Shelly, one of the things that I admire the most about um, Texas artists, and certainly you guys have done it, is all of the um, collaborations that you've done and working with other artists and how, you know, it seems like Texas artists are are pretty much known for for allowing other people to come in and be a part of their music and then be a part of theirs. Um, these connections that you make musically are so beautiful and not, and to not feel like this is mine and I don't want anybody else to have a part of it. Uh, you've got so many artists that you've worked with in the past and are still working with. How, how wonderful for you. Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty lucky. I mean, you know, I find that to be true though, pretty much worldwide. It's like, you know, even if you don't speak the language, you can certainly speak the music language together. So that's, it's, it's a great way to get to see the world. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't have got to see Japan if I didn't get to play guitar. I wouldn't have got to see a lot of the things I did. And it's really a privilege to get to come in through the kitchen and meet everybody's family. It's it's a it's a different experience for sure. Speaking of the kitchen, um, I think I was reading somewhere that you can make some mean tomato soup, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, being on the road so much, when we finally get home, that's about all I like to do is just hang out and cook. <laughs> well, it's, well, being married to somebody that's busy like your husband is and both of you being professionals, it must be nice to be able to just chillax. But does he go on the road with you or is he holding down the fort and you, you come back? How do you guys deal with that? Well, he mostly stays home. I mean, you know, we, he, he'd come out every now and then and say hello, but... But yeah, it's 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 a full time thing. So <laughs> right now, I want to play a song off of your latest record. By the way, "Tempting Fate's gotten so many accolades, especially in the blues categories. But this is a song called "Broken Hearted Blues." Uh, anything you want to say about it before I play it? Yeah, man, I, I, I wrote this song with uh, with my friend Greg Arzab, and he's he's the real reason I think I got to be in John Mayall's band. You know, we, we met. When I was a teenager and he he and Ray Killer Allison were playing in Buddy Guy's band, we went on tour with them for a little bit through Texas and Louisiana. And we'd kept up with each other over the years. And when we were doing uh, pre-production for John's latest record, we were all hanging out in John's living room. And, uh, and this was, I mean, it's mostly Greg's song. You know, I added some words here and there and, and you know, threw down some stuff. But I'll, I'll be real. That's This is a Greg Arzab masterpiece. Well, it's a great song, and you just slay it, and I can't wait to play it. So here we are, Broken Hearted Blues with my guest, Carolyn Wonderland. And we'll be right back to talk some more about her um, tour she's getting ready to do in Europe. And also, hopefully, to tell me that she's working on another record soon. Because the more music, the better, girl. We just love you, and I love listening to you. I've still got you on several of your songs on my major playlist. Bad to the Bone is definitely one of Moon Goes Missing. I love that <laughs> song. And I just think you're a wonderful, wonderful representative of Texas-style music. So here we go. Broken Hearted Blues with Carolyn Wonderland right here on Texas Homegrown. You spent all my money, smoked up my cigarettes, drank up all of my whiskey. That ain't the worst of it yet. I said you ripped my heart out and you threw it on the floor. Never even looked back, baby. You just my diamond ring I could forgive you that darling if that was all you had done but when you pawned my mama's necklace looking back I should have cut
On Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Carolyn Wonderland, who, um, Carolyn, I'll have to tell you, I've probably seen you play about mm, nine times now, and that's that's not enough. I still want more, <laughs> and it would probably be more if you, if you were uh, up here more often and not playing on the weekends. You know, that's the problem when you're an artist and you're always playing on the weekends. That's why I love the fact that you and Shelly are doing that show on Tuesdays at Continental Club, because it gives some of us musicians an opportunity to see you play when we're not gigging. And um, That's the fun thing about happy hours. Plus, we all get to crash each other's shows. I know. Isn't that nice? And uh, I'm just so glad to know that, that those are still going on. Because I, I know you've been, um, I, I'm not even sure, but I, I believe that you've been an Austin girl for, several, for at least a, a decade or two, haven't you? Yeah, I moved up, uh, actually moved here in 99. I was, I was, you know, born and raised like in Houston, and I love Houston. But I, I started writing the same songs, you know, and I was like, yeah, I better change my perspective. And it was Doug Som, actually, who talked me into, into Austin. I was like, maybe, you know, maybe New York, maybe Amsterdam, maybe I'll try and try my hand. At, and he's like, no, nah, man, go to Austin. It's still the land of free guitar lessons. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, speaking of Doug Som, you guys got married on his property, didn't you? Didn't I read that somewhere? Oh, I know, just just on the 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 public spot. Oh, okay, all right. Hill. And and I think I, I think I read that one of the monkeys, some somebody officiated your wedding, and I, that, that sounded like that must have been a really fun time. Well, well, it was it was Nesmith because because that's how Whitney and I met was on his show. So uh, so. Yeah, so when when uh, when Whitney proposed to me, he told Nez, he's like, "Hey, man, so uh, so me and Carolyn are getting married. How about you want to come officiate it?" And he's like, "Well, I'm not a minister." And he said, "Well, I got twenty five bucks, so he got him. <laughs> got <laughs> online, got ordained." <laughs> 
And flew down to Texas. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so great. I love that story. I love that. Well, I, you were talking about your, um, your uh, peppers. So I guess hubby is a gardener, huh? Yeah, he does. He does all good things. Every time I come home, he's got some cool new hobby. Well, I thought it was really funny because I read his little quote where he says, "I'm not a vegetarian because I don't like animals. I mean, because I love animals because I hate plants." <laughs> Oh, yeah. In his humor. Obviously, he loves plants, but, you know, if he's if he's got a garden and he's and he's growing them. Um, So you guys have um, a nice outside um, life that you live. I I would imagine you sit outside and watch the sunrise and sunsets and hang out and enjoy life that way. On the on the rare mornings in Texas where we're not in the scorched earth season, yeah. Yeah, I know. Right now, I I think the only time we can actually go outside is around around midnight. Yeah, that's about right. It's like, oh, did we stay up till sunrise? Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, so where are you headed on this tour with Shelly? Um, well, actually, we're we're actually heading up to to y'all's way this weekend. We're going to be opening that show with the Longhorn with uh, Jesse Dayton and uh, and Samantha Fish. Okay, so that's going to be us. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. And then, uh, then we're running off. Let's see, we hit uh, we hit some stuff in in Italy, mostly southern Italy, and then uh, some. Let's see, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I've been <laughs> I've been booking the plane tickets. That doesn't mean I know what order everything's in anymore. <laughs> but basically, Italy and and uh, uh, some stuff probably up in the Netherlands, Belgium, uh, Spain, and then uh, then head back. Oh home. my gosh, I love that. I I love the Netherlands, and I mean, I, li- I just like the people there, and of course, all the places that you said. The food in Italy is going to be phenomenal, and what I love the most about um, you guys going over there is you're such a great representation of Texas, and boy, do they ever love Texas artists, don't they? Yeah, seems lucky on our behalf. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like uh, as soon as they hear that there's Texas musicians coming, they they all want to pack the places and come in here and I would imagine that you you must have a great time over there and Shelly tells me that um at your beckoning she's got to take a little suitcase this time <laughs> oh always man that's the, you know you always try to have the smallest suitcase you can it's you know it's because you got to be able to jump on and off of trains you got to be able to you know keep up with your stuff it's funny when I look at mine. You can tell what tour I'm on because I will wear the same thing every day for weeks. That's okay. <laughs> so I, 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 well, you have to because yeah. otherwise, otherwise, where are you going to put your CDs, your guitar pedals, your cables? Your, yeah, the things that I really mean, matter, that's, right? That's most of the suitcase right there. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I know. And you've got to have that stuff with you. There's nothing worse. I, I we we did a tour. Not uh, it's been many many years ago in Croatia, and of course the only thing that they lost was the suitcase that had all of the gear in it. So you could imagine uh-huh. how horrible it was to be in a foreign country trying to find the gear, especially when your husband's a gearhead that owns a guitar store that had everything that he wanted. I mean, oh, yes. it was it was it was very brutal. That's- Me being the singer, I mean, I couldn't relate because. You know, my my voice is my it's, voice. It's frightening. <laughs> it well, it, it it happens. I mean, it happens a lot more often than people think, and it is it is nerve wracking. <laughs> it is one of the most frightening things about travel is is the amount of times that you're, you know, you're on you're so close to being on stage, and it's like, will I have my guitar? Will it be in one piece? Will you know? And yeah, there's been many times where it's like I'll be in another city and just just hoping to God it shows up on time. And so you, you do everything you can to prepare for that, but you just got to roll with it. Hey, well, it seems like you've got the kind of roll with it attitude, Carolyn. 
So, well, oftentimes I, I roll it on something. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. That helps out. So um, oh, yeah. I, I understand that, that one of your favorite places to hang out is at Woodstock. Tell me about the, the, the homage that you have going back and forth to Woodstock. It's like, you know, there's certain places in the world that like feel like uh, feel like home instantly. You know, it's like uh, we've been lucky. I feel that way in Amsterdam. I, I feel that way in Kyoto. And, and, and I feel that way a lot in Woodstock. It's it's the people that we've met there a lot. And, and they, uh, I don't know. There's something about it. There's something about the water. It's quite magical. It's still got Even that feel, um, you, you, that magic. Because, you know, I being a fan of Austin and, and watching it grow the last literally the last three decades because I started going there um, in the late 80s and which by the way I was also born in Houston so we'll get that in common but I, Austin has made such huge changes I'm I'm actually happy that there's still the iconic places that you know we that I love to go to for years and thankful that Continental Club and stuff and uh, and uh, you know um uh, Saxon Pub and Antones and of course now Sea Boys in that area is still kicking but I know you've watched it just blow up into this um I don't know a, a lot more touristy than it was before I think um what what do you see what's your take on the music aspect of it also now it's known for a lot of comedy too as well they've got so many uh you know comedy places that have that have come up there well, I mean, like like all places, it's it's going to grow and it's going to have its ebb and flow. It, it may shrink one day, but but it seems to be on the trajectory for growth right now. And that's there's a lot good and there's a lot bad with that. I mean, it depends on what people value. I think you know if if you price out all the artists, then then you will not have art. So that's something to always consider with that. And I know that there's still people who will, who will come because it is still kind of, uh, how would you say, there's still a bit of a promised land mystique to it. And a lot of it's still true because it's there's a lot of deep roots and a lot of beautiful things that go on. But making it affordable for everyone to do, that's that's going to be the trick. Yeah, I know. And that's the sad thing about what happens with all this growth. That it's, ha- it's happening here as well. I mean, it's totally priced out my own children. They can't even live in the town they grew up in because um, it's gotten so expensive, which is so sad for me as a mom, you know, to have my kids not be able to, to live in this area. But uh, And I know that you have a real heart for making sure that everybody has a chance at, at the same things. I, I noticed that you've done some um, philanthropy yourself and been on the board, I think, of HomeAustin.org. Have you watched this um, area grow to a place where there's so many people that are still in such dire need? It's true. And I mean, I... It's it, it, when you when you go and you 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 start a charity like that like you know uh, like we started home a little over ten years ago, and uh, specifically at that time it was to keep our friend Lavelle White housed you know, and like how do we go about doing this you know and then over the course of a couple of years we got we got pretty good at it and then we realized there's a whole lot of people that need this help and while we may not be able to provide all of it how can we help people. A, to not get in the system, because once you're homeless, it is so hard to get out of it. Like, I I experienced living in my van for a couple of years, and when it happens, you think you're going to be out of it in three months. You got you have a plan. You've got your money saved up, and you learn real quick, it is expensive to be poor. It is way more expensive to be poor than it is to have a house, you know? So 
to get people uh, to catch them before they get into that system is 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 paramount. And so what we do at homeaustin.org is specifically focus on musicians 55 and older in the Austin area, and we help them to maintain their housing. You know, through grants, through uh, through help, through you know, we we partner with other groups as well. And you really hope, you know, that one day your services aren't needed, you know, that we take care of each other. But until that's a reality, we we have to do these things. And I think it's important. Speaking of that, you wrote a song called Fragile Peace and Certain War. And um, and I know that uh, it's it's very near and dear to your heart to get that message out. Well, you know, when you when you're happy, you dance about it. And for me, when I'm upset about something, there's just like an abundance of pins and paper. <laughs> I think I I think I said something to Shelley about it when I I told her I said, you know, I just I've been way too happy. I haven't been writing very many songs lately. <laughs> it seems like I'm yeah. more inspired when I get upset about something or I see you know see something that I that I feel like the message needs to get out. Um, so tell me about that, that premise of that. Was it basically just seeing what was going on in the world and feeling like you wanted to have a song to, to tell how you felt about it? Well, sometimes, too, when you when you disagree with people's uh, actions or, you, you know, I start to think maybe I just don't understand where they're coming from. And so it's not that you want to put yourself necessarily in the place of the villain, but you want to see what that what's the driving factor? What what do we all have in common? What What's the breaking point that would lead us to do that? And so. To me, I think it's uh, every one of us has that has that switch, and I try to explore that. Well, you did a great so- job on this song, Henny, and I want to play it for our listeners right now. It's called "Fragile Peace and Certain War," and I'm talking with um, Carolyn Wonderland. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what she's got coming up, and how you can see her, and how you can get in touch with her music. I am such a proponent of you guys supporting live music and downloading and i don't mean downloading i mean buying their music and making sure they get a little bit more than that 0.003 percent that i see when i get my (laughs) check every month of uh you know whatever it is downloads and i couldn't even buy my coffee for the week so there you go i know i can almost support a subscription (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) well here we go fragile peace and certain war with carolyn wonderland and we'll be right back right here on texas homecoming music well we're lighting up our cigarettes through smokes on every match tempting fate and bad luck we're impossible to catch you sell a grain of truth inside a sandbag full of lies nobody weighs it Fragile peace and certain war. Fragile peace and certain war. Now I'll only 
back with Carolyn Wonderland and Carolyn I you know I've seen you like I said many many times and girl there's one thing that you can do like no other how did you learn to whistle so well <laughs> I mean seriously it's an it's a complete instrument the way you'd whistle oh thanks man I, I definitely got that from my papa when I was a when I was a kid if I would be sick uh, from school I'd, I'd go stay with my grandparents and and uh and well you know, like it or not, here comes the Andy Griffith show and there's my, my papa and he'd start whistling in harmony. So, all right, I'd stack a third harmony on there and that just kind of became a thing. And it was all fine till it was at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't allowed to whistle at the dinner table? <laughs> no, I'm sure it annoyed my grandmother to no end. But but yeah, my papa was papa was real good. He could he could do uh, almost all the birds, you know. He's is 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 a great inspiration and a funny, funny dude. Well, there's a there's definitely um, a, I mean a real art to it because most of the time that I whistle, I run out of breath so quickly, and I've I've watched you whistle parts on a song where girl, it's like how are you? It's like you're circular breathing. <laughs> well, sometimes you know, sometimes it works. I, I I did learn a couple of tricks. You cannot laugh. Okay. So don't okay. yeah. So don't look around because if you start giggling, <laughs> you're just gonna lose all of your tone. And yes, yeah, so yes, yeah, so don't laugh and don't, and and don't don't look out at folks. Get get the get it out of your system first, and then look around. Because <laughs> well, I don't know how you do that. Because I mean, every show you seem so happy and jovial, and you do laugh a lot, and um, and you entertain and you engage with the audience, and it's such a wonderful thing to be a part of your shows, Carolyn. And I tell you, I missed it whenever we had COVID, and it wasn't that a tough time for us to not be able to be with our audiences it was trippy man i think it was one of those things everybody's like well how do i how do i do something how do well you know a few people learn skills i know we all tried <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i i'm such a boomer you should have seen me whenever i because we the same thing we were doing these live online shows and i i was just so lost trying to work it all out I was I was happy though to see though a lot a lot of you know a lot of our friends you know and I know you that you know a lot of the same folks as well you know who'd be like okay I got bummed out for a minute and then they'd go volunteer somewhere or they'd go do something cool that's like you know safe and cool yep. and I was like all right man this is this is the way to do it we'll we'll make it through well I think for a lot of people Carolyn they realized um, how little you really need to get by 
This is true. I mean, you know, all the stuff and everything that everybody was is always working so hard for when we got shut down. And I think the other beauty of it for me was that everybody in the whole world was dealing with this. So it wasn't something that you could just point your finger at a certain place. We all had to come together and realize that, yeah, you know, there are things that can take place in our lives that we have no control over. And you got to try to really, truly find the spark and and find the beauty. The, and for me, I, I saw a lot of um, beauty in it. I, I really did see a lot of collateral beauty in being able to s- sit still. Uh, my husband and I certainly connected in a way that we weren't able to do before because we were so busy. And of course, he'll tell you that they're, they're, at, at one point he was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Do I really want to spend this kind of time with you every day? <laughs> It was it was awesome. It was it was. I mean, you know, that that aspect of it was awesome. The being able to be home thing, because yeah, I don't think before that, like in the first ten years of our marriage, I don't think I'd been home for more than like two weeks in a row. So that was really really cool to discover. It's like, guess what? I love my husband. Yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. Well, um, I'm I love like I said, I love that story. And you guys, if you just Google Carolyn Wonderland, uh, or you can you can Google a Whitney Brown, and the story will come up. I think it was in the it's the Austin Chronicle. Is that right? Oh yeah, that would be a Kevin Curtin. Yes, Kevin Curtin story came, came out on February 11th, I believe, in 2022. Are, yeah. um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful look into the lives of these two wonderful entertainers on two different spectrums. And I just loved, I loved reading it and, and listening and, and finding out how much you guys have in common. And yet you're so different. And that's what makes it so fun, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's what makes marriage fun is that we can, we can be the yin and the yang. Yeah, and still get away. Well, and I, the other thing that I love about you, girl, is you're just an old hippie at heart, and so am I. And we got to keep that alive. Knowing that you love Woodstock like you do, I'm gonna. That's on my bucket list, so I'm gonna have to get get up there and be a part of that vibey area. But I think we probably have it already down here, and I. I certainly see you continue it with the, the just the, the attitude that you have about life. I just love your spirit. I love your soul and I love your music. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to do this little show with me, honey, before you go on okay. this big tour. So thank you so much for doing that. I want to play Texas Girl in Her Boots. So tell me about this song. <laughs> this is a song that's definitely inspired by, uh, by, by women in Texas, you know, for sure. But I think... Uh, in particular, I had a, I had a moment where I was just like, I don't know, I was taken aback by something that someone said, and I was like, Oh man, well forgive me as I, as I lay back and you know grab grab my Ann Richards pearls and throw on my Barbara Jordan boots and you know just just started my Molly Ivins hat and my you know, and I was like, Wait a second, what what do we all have in common? Is oh, it's the boots, it's the boots, it's the boots, and it's true. If you if you know you know and folks folks who ain't from around here who might who might hear this it's it's true if you know women from Texas we have multiple boots there's no superfluous pair amongst them they all serve a purpose absolutely um uh, I'm I'm <laughs> definitely one of them <laughs> I've got a good friend that makes the most awesome boots her name is Carrie Cameron she's a Texas girl and uh, it's called the boots are called cock of the walk. 
designs. Check them out. Yeah. They are so freaking cool. And um, and they're pieces of art as well. But I'll tell you, my favorite boots are probably the ones that have got a hole in the bottom of them and I can slide them on without any, with ease as all. And I, I'd be happy if I could just go naked and wear my boots everywhere. I'd be a happy girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show, honey. You guys check it out. Carolyn Wonderland. She was just at uh, the Longhorn here in Dallas. She's getting ready to go on tour for three weeks, but she'll be back in Texas. She's always playing in the areas. So get on her website, go and support her, download her music, but more than that, buy her music, buy her CDs, and and let's support these iconic women in music that are really making a great impact for Texas artists. Thank you, Carolyn, for being on the show, and we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music. No snake. 
sized you up, baby, and my boot fits just right. I got boots that made for marching, cause I seem to march a lot. And the boots I wear when drinking, they may stand straight when I'm not. But the boots that leave me wanting more, they're my baby's boots and I when they hit the floor. Texas girls, I swear. Well, we What a fun show that was, and what some great stories that Carolyn has shared. Incredible musician, beautiful soul, a hippie chick just like me, and I just love that about her. She's just so real and authentic and um, and represents Texas in such a great way. She's in Europe right now, letting everybody know what great Texas musicians are like, and I can't wait till she gets back and tells us all about that tour. So don't forget to tune in next week when I'm my guest is going to be Jarrett Ray Reddick. And uh, if you guys haven't heard his music, um, he started out with Bowl. Well, he still has Bowling for Soup, the band, but he's got a country record that he just released called Just Woke Up, and it's got some really fun songs on it. So I'm going to have him on my show soon, and I hope you guys will be listening every week for all these Texas artists that we that we bring to you. And uh, I really appreciate all of the people that help make this possible, including, of course, the Guitar Sanctuary, Tupps Brewery, and Burst Injury Law. Be sure to love life, you guys. You get out of it what you put into it. Peace out, everybody, and we'll see you next time right here on Texas Homegrown Music. Here's Jarrett uh, Ray Reddick with the songs about Texas. We'll see you soon. I could compare your eyes to the hill country sky. I could talk about longhorn pride. Tell you that the Cowboys are going all the way this year. The NFC East is open wide as the Lone Star State. Waylon and Willie sing about Lucan Bach. I like to name check Willie a few of my songs. The stars at night are being bright. Yellow roses are still growing strong. And George Strait's been singing 30 years about his exes. Everyone loves songs about Texas. Cause when you hear certain words, they take you to a place back where we all got our start. They say things are bigger here. And I believe that's true Nothing's bigger than a Texan's heart Pat Green's got that one I stole this title from Possum Kingdom, that's a real place Little Texas, I'm guessing, were required to And I got one they played in freaking space 
Close enough. 